Well, well hello. Welcome, everyone. Um, yes, welcome back. How are you doing after break? Um, it was good. It was very. I mean, I didn't go anywhere and whatnot, but well, it was nice because I was able to do some of my own recreational, like fun and activities, hobbies, and see a lot of family. And my, you know, my grandchild. It still sounds so funny for me to be, think I'm a grandpa. Avery Rose. Yep, yeah. Avery Rose. Yeah. So it's kind of exciting. How about you? break much needed rest and realization i thought i um i landed spent a lot of time with my puppy did a lot of hikes that's good um and i did some baking i made uh blueberry scones and i have always wanted to do like a lemon curd Mm. because i'm about watching the great british baking yeah i've seen some of the stuff you've so um so i got to make that and um nice yeah it was fun good so yeah in in organizing of course so yeah, today is going to kind of be like a, I guess we could say an oldie but goodie. You'll see what I mean in a little bit, but also kind of a more modern. I guess how would you say um, it's like an oldie? There's an oldie but goodie section. We went back. To yeah, the how? Because yeah, the kids are coming back. April nineteenth in a couple. Yeah, like a couple weeks. Yeah, possibly. And so and so we're like we know the kids have gaps. We know the kids need social emotional support. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we started to think about what um, Dr. Susan David said mm-hmm. when we did that podcast a couple of weeks ago. And so we're thinking about like, okay, how are we going to go from having possibly three kids in a class to 20 kids in yes, a class? Yes, big difference. Um, and block scheduling on top of it. And block scheduling. So we're going to go from 36 minutes to 80 minutes a day. Huge difference yeah. in the way you go about things. Per class. So... So where we went back to is when um, reform started in education. Mm-hmm. It started with a gentleman by the name of Dr. Howard Gardner. Yeah. And he is from Howard Uni- or Harvard University, yeah. different university. Um, and um, so it was like actually, 35 years ago, isn't it crazy? Yeah, 1983, Ugh. he started this revolution with multiple intelligences. And so I just started to think about it. I went back and I watched this video and I shared it with you. Yes, yeah, so it was really interesting. And so we thought about like, how could we make something old? New, new again. And are we already doing it? And then we got into a big dip. I think we are. Yeah, I think so too. Well, we are and then we're not, but maybe we will again. If, if, in other words, multi- where is he going? <laughs> in other words, like what's old again, the multiple intelligence theory then in Marion and around the country, personalized learning, which has been a big push. Yeah. And then kind of, it's sort of, with the pandemic and other things, it's kind of been sort of faded away, it feels like. Yeah, because we kind of had to go back to traditional right. roles. We had, everybody had to be right. distanced. Um, we went back to a teacher-led classroom. So student, student more student-centered, yeah. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. when he started this multiple intelligences yeah. um, research, it took from 1983 to 2009 Crazy. for that reform. It takes a long time to happen, and we saw it when we did personalized learning. Yes, like how he had sort of um, his vision for yes. that was coming into action. And then the pandemic hit, and we went we went backwards. We went back, back right before so, Gardner. Yes. So. Um, well, so what? I guess the, what, a long introduction, but. It really got us thinking. Yeah, it did. And okay, so 
I guess let's just start. I guess to start with, what are some of these multiple intelligence? I guess there's eight of them. Yes. So why everybody at home what those intelligences are you think one too. yeah the the latest one was well, i guess we can talk about it, but the last one was nature mm-hmm. natural intelligence so um one moment here so we have the verbal linguistic intelligence so the ability for someone to analyze information produce work that involves oral and written language such as speeches books and emails you have logical mathematical intelligence Describing the ability to develop equations, proofs, make calculations, solve abstract problems. Boy, that's scary for me. Yeah, me too. Visual spatial intelligence. <laughs> a visual spatial allows people to comprehend maps and other types of graphical information. Musical intelligence enables individuals to produce and make meaning of different types of sound. I'm surprised you didn't see that one. I know. I know. I really like this is one that really was my top area too. We'll talk about that later too. Naturalistic intelligence refers to the ability to identify and distinguish among different types of plants, animals, and weather formations found in the natural world. Bodily kinesthetic intelligence entails using one's own body to create products or solve problems. Interpersonal intelligence reflects the ability to recognize and understand other people's moods, desires, motivations, and intentions. And finally, interpersonal intelligence refers to people's ability to recognize and assess those same characteristics within themselves. So a lot of different um, intelligence theory that he really developed out of psychology, that humans have various strengths, and that really we all have those intelligence, I can't say it, all those intelligences, is that right to say? Intelligences, is that right? Is that a word? We have many intelligence skills. I'm sorry, let's move on. Okay. So we, we all possess a few of those. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. We, we all possess a few of those pieces of the puzzle there, but um, but ultimately, um, you know, one tends to be the most widespread or the most developed, typically one or two for the most part. Like for me, it's musical and naturalistic. Yes, and we're gonna we're gonna put up on a link um, where we got these articles and this video from. It, it was from Ed, Edtopia did a series, um, and one is a video from two thousand nine. Yes. Um, well, actually, no, the video was from nineteen ninety seven, but they they brought it back in two thousand nine when personalized learning became really yes. um, the okay. hot topic oh, yeah. in education. And then, um, and then we're going to look at what the research says, and um, and then we're going to look at how it's widely used and how it's misunderstood, and and be, and what we want to think about is like how we can use it going mm-hmm. forward yeah. in order to address gaps to help with social sure. emotional mm-hmm. because some kids are that have those interpersonal skills, and if you don't um, address those sure. first, you're not. They're not going to be as open. No. Or that's just well, a, like shut a, down. a road for them to like come in and learn. So Edutopia, um, if you don't know, was created by the George Lucas Educational Foundation. Hmm. And they've been um, uh, doing research for education, educational topics for like 30 years. Um, so anyways, we went back to Howard Gardner and it was, it was like, I don't know, I got like super inspired by yeah, what it was really interesting what yeah. he was saying um oh and the other thing that we'll link um just before we we jump in is um 
if you want to take the test mm. to see what yes. your your intelligence is, where your strengths are, you have them all. We all do. Some degree, yeah. But um, you just might have um, strengths in certain mm -hmm. areas. It becomes easier. Yes. So for well, me, it was language. Yeah. Well, and for me, music. But what I want, also what I don't want to forget is something that I think we both kind of took away, though, is that what's the difference, though? You know where I'm going with this? What's the difference between intelligence, the eight intelligence, versus learning the learning styles? styles. Yes. Because I honestly thought they were the same, one and the same. Yes. What, um, you, what was all that about? So this was interesting. Um, they were talking about that, that it's actually an intellectual ability that he was looking at. Learning styles, according to Gardner, are the ways in which an individual approaches an, mm. a range of tasks. So okay. we can give them styles of approaching a task. So like some people, when um, they start to write, yeah. they need to brainstorm. Some people need to just go gather facts. Some might sketch something out. Some might sketch right. something out. So it's those are different styles okay. in order to accomplish any task. Yeah. But what, what he's saying is there's a number of different ways, auditory, visual, kinesthetic, yes. and reflective, right brain, left brain activities. But these learning styles don't contain clear criteria for how one would define a learning style, where it comes from, how we would recognize it. So he phrases the idea of learning styles is a hypothesis of how any individual approaches a range of materials. So we were like, this kind of... That reminded me of personalized learning. It reminded me of personalized Be learning. Because when you make a playlist, you do exactly, or you attempt to do exactly that. Yes. And and so so when I saw this, in this this research was updated in 2013. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I was like, wow. So they were bringing it back from the vault to inform their mm -hmm. creation of those learning activities and in our playlist. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, the next one, I put a bunch of stars. Yeah, me too. It's it important. It says everyone has all eight types of intelligences mm -hmm. listed above to varying degrees of right. aptitude. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. yes. But perhaps even more than that are still undiscovered. All the learning experiences do not have to relate to a person's strongest area of intelligence. Like, mm. so think about in the way I, I thought about this is like, we can write. Mm -hmm. We have a dominant hand that we write with. Yes. And when you take your um, your other hand, you you use your brain in a different way. And yeah. you have to think about it. It's it's more focused. Mm -hmm. It's you slow it down. You have to be engaged. You have to be you know you have to be mindful of what you're doing. Yes. And so and so looking at like all those other intelligences of what you have to develop, it, it I thought is like. Oh, what a great, yeah. what a great balance well, to what you already have a, a strong aptitude for. But the issue, though, that that he mentions that we we all have to get a, away from, though, is the idea of a mile wide and an inch deep. Yes. So you know, explain that. Well, just the concept of that we're like, especially you know, social studies. The history gets longer every year. Yes. And so, <laughs> and so there's this. It's just so nerve-wracking almost when you're trying to sort of say get through everything yes. you know by the end of the year 
and it and, becomes you know, superficial. Right. So you don't go deep with with things. Yes. And I, and he's he's advocating, and I agree quite honestly that the schools should kind of have less focus on skills, have more a deeper understanding of fewer things. Yes. Yeah, so so what he was saying is that you want to prioritize. Yes. Have fewer subjects. Yep. So that you're cultivating. It's not so much that you're learning. Um, as he says, physics or right. chemistry, but you're learning how to be a scientist and think scientifically, how to create hypotheses, how to test theories, how to do mm-hmm. experiments, yes. how to write, revise. And at the end of the day, it's not about a grade that I give the student. It's about how they assess their own learning. Self-assess, absolutely. So, um, yeah. Well, and, and it's looking at education like an art form, yeah. which I—I I mean, to me, I, as a creative that's, person, that's huge. That's the—that's what you want. Well, and as a teacher, yeah. don't you think like over the course of your career, you have like there's a craft, and your sure. craft has evolved. Yes, it has, and and things kind of ebb and flow, and it kind of feels like we go in a lot of cycles. But yeah. you know, yeah, I think it's it's important to be self-reflective. It's important to to have those skills and develop the skills. Um, you know, like, like again, what they've said is that when you have a thorough understanding of something, so if you go deep and you're thorough with it and you understand a topic or whatever it is fully, then to explain it in a variety of different ways or different intelligence or different, you know, ways to convey information can make you stronger. Yes, so mm-hmm. like, so that you're, the way that you're performing on your assessments is not just on a test. Yeah. Yeah, so it's performance. Have, it's an exhibition. Yes, you want to have an exhibition so. of your under of yes. your learning, and yeah. and um and I and I love yeah. that. Um, Me too. I love that for what um, he was talking about, and also he said it actually helps students retain mm-hmm. um, the information better. Whereas if you're just throwing information and filling their brain, a lot of times they forget everything that they've been taught because nobody even done anything with the information and that's where i think it kind of the next part here kind of like when you when we provide as teachers different contexts for students and engaging their senses you know that's huge you know and providing multiple ways to assess the content which again goes back to personalized learning and playlists yes providing multiple ways to demonstrate knowledge personalized learning yes instruction should be informal you should be informed excuse me as much as possible by knowledge of students' strengths, needs, and growth areas. So again, personalized learning, having the whole student in mind, knowing their needs, what's going on with the whole child, mm-hmm. so you can better inform your instruction. Um, you know where they're at. You can meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. So this, I think, Howard Gardner really had was a visionary. I mean, he had so much that he had already had kind of been in the works, if you will. Yeah, and he had had a clear vision for what he wanted for students. And I think that that's why we both took this assessment for ourselves, because you owe, as a leader, as a teacher, you want to be mindful of what your own, um, like, go-tos are. Mm -hmm. I love language, so of course, um, it's appropriate that we love I'm a language I'm also a French teacher I also yeah. Love to talk. yeah um you but the thing is like you as a teacher you know you said your strength was music so like how yeah. would you incorporate that more into yeah. your lessons oh, because I, that would be yeah. I, oh I have the colony song we have I used to do more of that yeah when we when I 
now I kind of reflect quick on that. I did more of that in other years, but now lately with the push of what's the essential we have to teach, you know, what's the, what do they have to know? You know, so I like, yeah, yeah, this, the basic stuff that they have to know, that's kind of cut away a lot of those things, like those other areas that could develop yeah. or reach other people's interests. And like for me, I love doing plays. I like writing plays oh. and acting them out. Like as a little kid, hmm. I love imaginative oh. play. So like what what I used to do to teach grammar is I would have different people have hats that took on different um, oh. parts of speech. Oh wow. And they their job was just to be the verb or the other oh. person was to be the noun or the other person was to be the adjective and come in oh you wow know, in front of that's awesome and so so people are moving and they're, they're moving around oh, and it's yeah. like and that was so much fun it, yeah and it, it and it makes it come alive yeah the physical movement way. helps pe- certain people yeah that's awesome yes so okay so ultimately we have some do's and don'ts we do and so um and don't um so <laughs> so this was the latest so this was revised in 2018 by Yoki Tarada. I hope that I'm um, getting her name correctly. And she she actually went through and tried to clarify yes. the multiple intelligences theory. This is really helpful. Widely used yet um, misunderstood. So do you want to do the do's sure. and I'll do the don'ts? Sounds like a plan. Okay. So uh, ultimately, what should we do as teachers? You know, I mean, multiple intelligence should not in of itself be the goal. But there are some things that, that she suggests for for teachers. For example, do give students multiple ways to assess information. So, yep. So not only will your lessons be more engaging, but they're more likely to remember the information when it's presented in a variety of ways. Do individualize your lessons, personalize learning again. It still makes sense to differentiate. Hello, there it is again. Even, um, even if students don't have a single dominant learning style, it's that... Try to avoid that one size fits all. Yeah, instead use, use, really get to know the students. And, yes. and by knowing their intelligences um, out of the gate, you might tailor a playlist just for them right. or have them create one. Exactly. Which would be great. And finally, do incorporate the arts into your lessons. And oftentimes, nature. yeah, yeah. And oftentimes we leave those out. Like I just kind of mentioned, some of the, some of those things tend to be left out especially in situations like with the pandemic and whatnot, mm-hmm. where you're trying to get just the hardcore information out. Yeah. Well, so, and, and time was a factor. Yes. Um, Shorter classes. So what shouldn't we do? So we shouldn't, she says, pigeonhole kids. You shouldn't label them. As the book smart kid, as the artist, as a visual learner, um, because then they might be inclined to just keep growing that aptitude in in what they're interested in or what, what labeling they natural, just don't label them yeah, right? yeah. yeah um and then <laughs> sorry <laughs> don't confuse multiple intelligences with learning styles oh we were there we a were popular there. misconception is that learning styles is a useful classroom application of the multiple intelligences theory this notion is incoherent um so we we read and we read and process spatial information with our eyes, but reading and processing requires different types of intelligences. So instead of just giving them a map, like have them um, have them make a map, or you know have them 
what would be really fun is having one well, like draw what's chakras yeah, yeah so drop the term styles um she suggests because it won't it won't help it, it's more confusing for kids yeah. to, that, that that's a style um try to match the lesson with the students perceived learning style um, although students may have a preference for how material is presented there is little evidence that matching materials to a preference will enhance their learning in matching as an assumption is made and there's a single best way to learn so you mm -hmm. want again it's that variety in differentiation in the way you assess in the way you instruct sounds like personalized learning it sounds like personalized learning it sounds like we're moving more towards in his thinking a portfolio type of yes. assessment authentic of... assessment yes go figure okay. so that's why i think at the end here we ultimately have been if you remember what we started out with kind of an oldie but goodie yes up to a sort of the north trend which is personalized learning and it'll be interesting to see how this pandemic shifts yes. and reforms education again we we have um we have challenges ahead there's no question sure. but i like um going back to this foundation of mm -hmm. something that we can kind of ground ourselves in as we're thinking about how to address students needs right um intellectually emotionally and um In it, in it, well, socially, yes, that was the other a, one. I'm like, so sorry. We were both like, mwah, mwah. Uh, yeah, socially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so at the end of the day, like anything else in life, I think it's that happy middle ground. I think you have to, you take the gardener approach, you take the personalized learning, and you take the teacher centered instruction. And I think that, and this is where the art of teaching is, you got to kind of, in my opinion, you got to kind of have to find that happy middle ground where. There are times where it's teacher-centered, mm -hmm. but there are also times where you have incredible creative playlists that's so differentiated. Mm -hmm. You have target instruction, a whole nine yards that factors in intelligences, learning styles, etc. And you got to give the kids an opportunity to be student-centered as well, yes. so that they're assessing themselves yeah. and they're cultivating those sure. skills that are going to tee them up for the real world. For the real world. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you for breaking off a piece of this job. Sure. Absolutely. And we'll hope to see you. Well, virtually, you know what I mean. We hope to be back next week, right? For yeah, more. Yeah, we we'll, hope you'll be back we'll for talk, more. We'll talk to you next week again. And um, we hope you have a great week, yeah. everyone. So long, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you.